Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. Today I have Mike Stone, who is the CMO of Outlier. Um, website can be found on outlier.ai. Um, Mike is the CMO and he has recently done a survey that we wanted to talk about on this podcast, podcast, but not before Mike has introduced himself. So please, Mike, introduce yourself to our audience. Sure. Um, glad to be here. Um, and thanks for having me, Elias. Um, uh, yeah, so I've been uh, doing marketing for technology products for about a quarter century now. Uh, currently the CMO at outlier.ai. Um, we do automated business analysis, so we really apply uh, machine learning and AI algorithms to help uh, find, um, you know, interesting things in people's data automatically and present that to them so everybody can stay up to date and up to, uh, with, with what's going on in their business. Um, previously, I've worked with uh, been CMO at uh, Airship. Uh, and spent several years at Salesforce um, and numerous other technology companies, PeopleSoft back in the day, and Hewlett Packard, and uh, and so forth. So, marketing and, and technology has been uh, been pretty much my entire career. Cool, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So, you did that survey, or you mm-hmm. didn't do it yourself, but the company did with with a research company. Um, yes. Calling the the survey is called uh, navigating marketing blind spots. So, I'm curious to hear some of the findings of that survey because the title implies a lot. So, w- what are the blind spots? Well, it was interesting. So, the you know what what we found is there's there there are blind spots in several areas, and what we meant by that is is where are there. Um, where are people surprised? Where are they unable to uh, find data to help them make better, uh, more precise decisions? And the opening of the, the reason that we really decided we wanted to do this survey is that we've heard, you know, two things uh, a lot from our customers. One is that uh, due to COVID um, and the rapidly changing buying patterns, uh, research patterns, and how people are getting products delivered and, and how they uh, are receiving information about those products has changed radically. Um, also that people have a lot of data and, and are feeling like there's a lot of data that's going unused. So we wanted to kind of dig into those subjects um, and figure out like what where is that data uh, lying latent and, and where are they actually able to make use of it? Um, and we found some, some really interesting things. So, you know, first off we found that 81% of respondents um, said that they did uh, <clears throat> much more frequent changes to their marketing strategy than they had in previous years. So that sort of hypothesis that is marketing changing more rapidly was was clear. And, and 56%, um, which included 80% of retailers, um, said that they made significant or dramatic changes to their uh, their marketing campaigns. So, you know, basically everybody responded um, that that the frequency and the and the scope of changes that they needed to make had had radically uh, gone up, um, and and so the you know we're in this sort of situation now uh, where 
you know, companies are having to uh, you know, make, you know, daily, weekly changes um, significantly to how they're spending their marketing uh, dollars and where they're putting their efforts. And they're finding that uh, they're not always able to get the data to make truly data-driven decisions. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's striking because there is a lot of data available especially yes. in, in these days in online marketing. And um, if, well, over 80% is indicating that they that changes go faster, that they have to yes. adapt faster, does that mean that they are, it could mean at least that they are focused more short-term than long-term? Is that actually the case? Well, it's the, the interesting thing is that they have, because I think there's shifts in the market, everybody has to kind of focus short term. It's, you know, for a couple of reasons. One is that just the markets are changing so rapidly and customer behavior has changed so rapidly um, that you need to focus and, and pivot fairly quickly. Um, and you don't have a lot of time for consideration. I think sort of the days of doing, you know, the annual plan and being able to stick to that as a framework may be over um, just because, you know, not just because of COVID in the market environment, but there's just so many more channels uh, that are naturally emerging um, that, that you have to, to cover. And all of them have uh, data sources and it just becomes too much, I think, for, for marketers to stay on top of. Um, you know, we found and we asked about how many had analyst support and really only 45% of respondents um, had uh, analyst support for marketing. Uh, you know, 25% of those said that they were supported by IT, which pretty much means they're just using dashboards. Uh, so there's this, there's this high pace of change um, that, that people need to make, but they don't have the, uh, the resources to really help them ferret through all of the data that they have. Um, so in fact, in the survey that we did, uh, 65% said that they are dissatisfied with the speed of the customer analysis. So that basically the, the information they're getting from their data is just lagging, um, pretty significantly the speed at which they have to actually make those decisions. Um, 79% said that they don't use all of their customer data, um, uh, so there's, you know, clearly a lot of this data is, is just lying latent and, and people know that they have the information. Uh, they know that they have um, the data that they need to make more precise decisions. They just don't have the tools or the resources to extract the insights that, that they need um, in the time that they need to make those decisions. Uh, so that's, you know, it's, it, it's a big, it's a big issue. And, and we found, you know, it's, it's brought across a lot of companies. I should, I should mention that this survey um, was of over 200 companies um, internationally. So uh, 70% were in the U.S. and 30% were in Europe. Um, the respondents were high level. So over 60% were director level and above about 40% mm -hmm. were a billion and up in, in uh, revenue. So we're talking about, you know, a significant pool of people. Um, that are all sort of, you know, sort of making making the best that decisions they can, um, you know, in an environment that requires rapid change, but they just don't have the ability to analyze all the data that they have at hand. So on, on, on one hand, this is really striking to me. You know, it, it's like we have all that data, um, mm -hmm. but we're not using it. On the other hand, it's not surprising me at all because 
um, especially with the larger companies, they they seem to gather all kinds of data from websites, from apps, from all kinds yes. of online channels, offline channels. So they're just piling up that data and they don't know where to start, when 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 to start or how to analyze all that data. So being practical, where, where do companies really start? Because um, to me, it feels like, like that a lot of marketers still are on that creative side where the science and data-driven part is way more important at the moment. Uh, and all marketers know that, but still they don't know how to use that data. So wh where do they, where do marketers start to use that data? I think, you know, and it's, it's interesting that the types of data, and you mentioned that there's so many different areas of data that, that, uh, that there are to look into. And uh, one of the things that we, you know, talked to folks about was trying to get an understanding of, what types of data are most surprising to them uh, are most frequently sources of surprises um, and, and you know, how much they, they analyze those. And so when we talk about these blind spots, um, you know, it's, it's the areas of data uh, that have the most surprising insights in them that aren't analyzed that tend to be the ones that, that, uh, that companies should focus on. And, there you see, you know, digital advertising um, tends to have a lot of changes in it and people don't recognize those. So they'll leave a specific asset running for a long time that may not be performing for them. Um, or, you know, conversely, there might be a particular asset or an ad um, or a particular social campaign that um, that is doing really well that they should be investing more in. Um, so that's one area that people tend to overlook. Um, also paid search has a big impact um, and can change frequently and probably isn't analyzed enough. Uh, and the one that really stuck out, you know, the most in terms of data that is not frequently analyzed but has a big impact is actually email performance. Um, so that tends to be something that folks look at, you know, less frequently, um, you know, and, and we do have the stuff that people tend to look at a lot, you know, because they have access to the data tends to be website performance, um, because there's just so many tools and it's something that people look at. And then, um, you know, obviously sales data and specific campaign performance, primarily because they've got pre-built dashboards for those things. But the, the difficulty is you run into this, you know, you manage what you can measure um, sort of bias. And, uh, you know, you don't have the ability that you don't see. It's the, There's a lot of stuff going on you don't see because you're just looking at the same data all the time. Um, so I think that the big thing is to kind of find ways to um, spend time with the data that you don't generally spend time with and, and expand your view. Um, and we found that that, you know, the digital advertising, the paid search and email performance uh, were, were areas that were underserved where there were a lot of hidden gems. So when you're talking specifically about email, are you referring to, let's say, the obvious uh, indicators or KPIs like like CDR and open rates, etc. Or are you also referring to stuff that um, that is more into the technical part of it, like like delivery uh, rate or stuff that, for example, a tool like Litmus um, mm -hmm. comes with? So you know, I, we you can look at different aspects of it, and we have you know customers that use it for for different areas. Some use it for more technical uh, areas to see if bounce rates of a specific campaign have gone up. 
um, but also if you know if there's particular um, set of assets or messaging in a, in a specific campaign type where the content is performing better or worse than than uh, another email. So it can it can be applied to either thing, and it's the same uh, sort of for. Uh, for a website, right? Like we've had, um, we have a number of customers that use um, Outlier to, to track their web data. Uh, and, you know, we can, you know, in one case we had a, a company that identified, you know, bounce rates on, on their campaign funnel um, that they wouldn't have noticed probably for, for a couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, they, they estimated that their ability to find that type of a thing and, and quickly fix it saved them like a quarter million dollars and and lost sales so um sometimes it's a it's a technical thing that sticks out it may be you know delivery um, of an email or or uh, open rates or that type of thing um or it may be bounce rates or exits from a website and sometimes it's uh it's the you know the quality of the content and, and the engagement uh, that's the thing that you need to look at for for a new opportunity. So so often, and and I I love what you're saying because often um, marketers don't even know which question to ask, right? So yes. they they don't know what to look for in that pile of data. Yes. Um, and when and I took to take a look, I took a look at your uh, website, um, Outlier, and um, you're you're explaining how artificial intelligence really helps you helps the marketer to ask the right mm -hmm. questions can you explain the audience how that works sure yeah <clears throat> well it's actually it's 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 sort of the reverse of traditional analysis right so you know what we're used to is is having dashboards that we're tracking that may look at certain aspects of our programs uh, and we can track sales and performance of specific campaigns. Um, but that really keeps us looking at the same things. And even our analysts are looking at the same things and sort of updating uh, the same data. What, what Outlier and, and AI can do is it actually goes and it looks across all of your data sets, right? So, you know, all of these different um, data sets you're getting from your website and different social channels and e-commerce and sales. And it applies artificial intelligence and machine learning um, to look at that data and it agnostically and objectively just finds um, developments in your data that are out of the ordinary. And it may be a spike in a specific, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> campaign or asset. It may be a longer term trend of one channel. Uh, performing better or worse than usual. Uh, it may be relationships between two different data sets, uh, which is something that, that a lot of our customers really enjoy is, is the ability to sort of make, uh, you know, to spot relationships between sales data and marketing campaigns or, uh, or programs. Um, so what, what AI can do is go out and automatically look at your data. It's sort of like having an army of 100 analysts that every night just goes through and asks every question and just objectively looks for significant changes in the data. And then it brings that to you every day. So proactively, it's coming to you and saying, hey, here's something that you should probably look at. Uh, and it may be, you know, uh, maybe a specific, you know, um, program asset or search term or something that's that's going way up and, and something that you should be aware of. Or it may be an issue that's developed somewhere in web traffic. Uh, maybe sales are spiking in a certain area uh, that you want to double down on. But 
the idea is to remove bias and, and be able to look across all of your marketing data, extract just the most important things that have the highest impact, mm-hmm. and then deliver those proactively via a feed, right? So it's not coming to you in a dashboard. You don't have to log in and query. Uh, it's actually delivering to you. And a lot of our customers like to actually get an email brief every morning that just has four or five things that are going on across their entire data set that, that they should really be aware of. So I think it would be fair to say that it really helps you to proactively find those opportunities that you typically only find by accident. That's what I'm seeing a lot with marketing teams, right? So they're just looking into something and by accident, they find out that there is a positive impact on something. Um, and this really helps you to proactively find those like, like, uh, things you want to double down on, or double, or or even things that you would like to to stop doing because they're costing yes. you money. So cool, that's that's cool. Can you can you share some real life examples of what really worked? Because that typically, you know, makes it even more um, realistic for for the listeners. Sure. Yeah, that's and it really goes across a, a number of different areas. As I, you know, I mentioned that that uh, that um, <clears throat> the the customer that that found those bounce rates in their e-commerce funnel. We also um, have you know found interesting. We had a uh, a cruise line that actually was able to isolate a specific radio campaign. So they were making correlations between bookings and. Um, and some of their campaigns that they were running, and they found a particular radio ad that was really effective in a in a local area uh, that uh, that they were then able to identify and replicate and drive bookings up um, in all types of different places. Um, we had another sort of, and you you say you know you brought up that things that people are surprised by and sort of these serendipitous things that can be discovered. We actually had a. Uh, quick serve restaurant that uh, chain that had you know thousands of small restaurants and they noticed that suddenly soda sales were spiking at one restaurant and uh, they would never have noticed this without outlier kind of catching that uh, and pointing it out to them um, and they found out that the, the that restaurant was actually undergoing a remodel and had moved their soda machine uh, closer to the register to a better location and suddenly soda sales were spiking. So that was something that they used then and, and all the rest of their, uh, their store designs. Um, so, you know, there's this ability and then I use it all the time, right? So I use it to, to find uh, particular um, advertising, you know, particular assets that we're running, campaigns that we're running um, that, that are doing particularly well or areas that I want to, uh, to, to change, um, I can you know see how traffic sources are changing to the website. I can see where completion rates are changing and how, um, so I know exactly what to kind of focus my own digital team on. Um, it's also you know outside of just tracking campaign performance or asset or program performance. Um, sometimes we can catch, you know, data anomalies that might have uh, caused overreaction. In, in one case, we had a major footwear retailer that saw that a, a particular set of shoes that they expected to perform really well, that it appeared that sales were going way down in, uh, in Europe and they were, you know, uh, starting to, to react to that. Um, but we found that by relating two different data sources, we caught that um that 
two systems actually that tracked sales and website traffic through the e-commerce site had fallen. They usually ran quite parallel. Uh, we were able to identify that they had separated uh, and actually, you know, make them aware of the fact that the data might actually be the problem. And they found that that actually that those shoes had been mistagged. Uh, it wasn't actually a sales drop. It was just a technical issue where uh, where those those items weren't tagged correctly, and they were able to just go and and make that data fix instead of you know having everybody uh, freak out about you know sales dropping on a on a particular shoe that they thought was going to do really well. Um, so there's you know a number of things that that we can do um, and have done for our customers uh, in terms of you know identifying new opportunities, identifying the best and worst performing campaigns and, and, and assets in a really timely way. And then also just identifying, you know, gaps and, and potential problems in, in data so that uh, companies can be really confident about the, uh, the information that they're working with. And again, this, this all happens proactively. It's like you're saying, it's not um, relying on the marketer to go look into something. It's going across all of that data that, that you're probably not using to your to its full extent. And then just making sure that you're aware of of just a few significant changes. And I think, you know, that's an important point is it's one thing to go out and have the machine learning uh, you know, go and discover these things. But the the other two parts of it that are really important are then selecting uh, the most important changes that people need to be aware of. So you're not hammering them with, you know, 50 different things they need to look at every day. We really are careful to, you know, select and curate for each user, um, you know, developments in the data that are relevant to them, but then explain it to them. It's sent to them in a very simple story that shows a graph that show, you know, a slight graph that shows the trend that explains it in natural language. It, talks about the root causes um, and also allows, you know, you to at mention other people on the team. So you can immediately say if there's a change in search engine term uh, performance, you can, you know, I can at mention uh, the person that runs that for me and, and start a chat on that particular story and, and then make sure that that it's taken action on and, and then track the performance and action of it afterwards. So, um, so there's a, there's a lot to it, but the whole idea is to make it really simple uh, for marketers to stay on top of this huge volume of data that they have um, and then take action on, on the most important things every day. Cool. Cool. I, I love it. You know, it, um, one thing that I would have, uh, let's say, as a final question is mm -hmm. you were talking about your own marketing team. You're the CMO at Outlier. You, you have a team, you're running campaigns, you're using Outlier yourself. You're also using some other tooling on your website. I see there's some, some HubSpot tracking, et cetera. Are you using HubSpot at the moment? Yes, we're using HubSpot and uh, Hotjar on the website. Cool. So um, the specific question that I would have there is, is your Outlier, outlier data, is that helping you to improve lead nurturing, for example, within HubSpot? Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it really does. It allows us to see, um, you know, what what types of, of assets are working are most effective so that we can see if we've got, you know, particular campaigns, particular assets, particular ads with messaging 
um, which ones are, are most effective at any given time. Uh, and then we can apply that information to our nurture. So what types of sequences that we're running, uh, we can we can look at what's, you know, what's performing, see what's performing in real time, stay on top of that across different channels, you know, be it social, um, be it, you know, AdWords or, or uh, traffic inbound from our Google Analytics data. Um, and then apply that to, to the sequences we write to make sure that we're using, <clears throat> excuse me, all of the, the assets and, and uh, messaging that are performing best for us, even in things like nurture. Cool. Mike, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, I will share a link to Outlier, outlier.ai on the show notes, as well as a link to your LinkedIn profile. And um, again, I would like to thank you very much for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Yeah, that's great. And I'd call out again, it is outlier.ai, outlier.com and whatever would drive you to someplace else. And if you do visit the site, we have uh, you know, the, the, uh, the detailed results of this survey that go into uh, you know, a, a bunch of benchmarks and information on the types of information that people are using and the frequency of which they're evaluating campaigns. So all of the results of the study that I talked about earlier are available on the website, um, as long as some, as well as some really recent assets that we've just developed on um, how to use automated business analysis and how to apply it particularly to uh, digital customer engagement. So I you know, invite uh, listeners to check out the site because there's a lot of really new um, and I think really informative um, assets on the site at, uh, at outlier.ai. Hey, thank you very much, Mike. You bet. Well, it's glad. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.